seven pounds. Treading water that they drowning. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Guys, football is here. You guys are listening to this. That means the, the season has just started. And man, I cannot be more excited. I cannot be more excited with NFL's kicking off. Everything that we're doing at Smash Accept. And without further ado, I want to introduce my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, FF Snoog. It is Snoog-tember. You know, and we're going to be giving away an Alvin Kamara autographed mini helmet to just commemorate, you know, Snoog coming on board and really, you know, grinding and a couple special projects I know he's working on. Yeah, exactly. And just make sure you guys check out that Patreon link. Me and Dad have tons of big things coming out on the rise. Completely innovating that new Discord for you guys, adding tons of new features digging into that redraft that best ball adding that start sit feature for you guys so we're just here to help you win your leagues and we're here to connect with you guys on a personal level and make you feel like it's time to win some money no more none of this rebuilding stuff no more you're winning some money so we're going to teach you guys how to do that and we're going to do that with a process that we like to always do so smash accept always and make sure you guys check out the patreon link in my bio and in dynasty dads as well yeah, I mean, we've we've guided you the entire way through the rookie draft, through the entire offseason process, through the rebuilds. Now it's time to start, like Snoop said, winning you guys some money. And you get the little kickback with the Alvin Kamara helmet. You know, I'm like super excited. We got that coming from Pristine Auction. I mean, Snoop's going to want it himself, but I got to send it to one of you guys. It's like <laughs> when we did the we did the Garrett Wilson, right? And I was like, yo, I don't want to yeah. ship this thing. I want to keep it. You know, it was yeah. great fire. So, guys, you know, we're excited for the, the season to start. And then what happens? We get the Cooper Cup news, right? Like a lot of you guys are devastated. My DMs are absolutely blowing up. So Cooper Cup looks like he's going to be headed to the IR uh, with a, you know, we look at past guys in this particular situation with that tightrope procedure. You look at Omari Cooper in the past, some of these other wide receivers, and they've been able to bounce back, but it's been a matter of this is a re-injury for Cooper Cup. And Snook, I mean, how worried should we be? I know you, you had been releasing several tweets about, and I have as well, where like it's time to buy Cooper Cup. Now all of a sudden we get to a situation where, you know, he's gonna miss week one. He's gonna miss all the way to week four potentially on that IR and come back week five. How worried should you be and, and what should we do in Dynasty and in redraft? Yeah, so I'm gonna be completely honest here. I'm not too worried because if you're not first, you're last. So we're chasing that league winning upside in Cooper Cup just two years ago had was the first wide receiver in NFL history history to record 140 plus receptions and 1900 plus yards having the best fantasy season that I've ever seen out of a wide receiver and arguable player since Christian McCaffrey so I mean this is a guy that'll win your leagues no doubt in my mind and the only league in time that really matters is that playoff stretch week 14 15 16 or maybe 15 16 17 depending on the format you're in so if we can just make a team that's manageable to get to that playoff range and kind of hit on a breakout wide receiver after taking Cup, he might even fall to that late second, mid-second round range, even later. Who knows now if you're drafting last minute, like in the next, if you were drafting. So it's it's tough. I mean, Cooper Cup's a guy that's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Last year, tw- he had like 25 points per game. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just a one-year thing. It was last year, too, and then he hurt that ankle. So the injuries are a concern, but that's baked into cost. So if you're chasing true league winning upside, then he's the guy you got to go after. Yeah, and what I keep seeing is I'm seeing people trade him, you know, in, in Dynasty straight up for, you know, a Chris Godwin, a Michael Pittman, a, a guy that is not going to win you your league, a guy that's going to, yes, week one through four is going to fill in nicely. He's going to give you a nice, you know, wide receiver two upside. But we're talking about Cooper Cup, who is, when he's on the field, Every single time he is a wide receiver one, you know, and I think what we got to look at right now is if you're a contender, take a step back, breathe easy. This is actually a good thing, right? He is going to go on, on IR and we're going to get a healthy Cooper cup in week five. We already knew the injury was there with the hamstring instead of having a questionable tag week one through four. Now we have a time for, he can actually sit back. He can heal and put yourself in a situation. If you are a contender, there is a window here now to buy. You know, you have that spot. If you have a smash accept type roster, you have a scenario where 
you probably don't need Cooper Cup, but you can add him on the back half onto your bench. And when he comes back week five, you get a legit wide receiver one right off the bat. The other side of this is I'm looking at building and rebuilding teams. And Snoop, this is something that I do a lot because I'm a bit of a risk taker. But if, if I am in a scenario where I'm rebuilding, now I can unload a Diggs and Adams and get a cup plus. You know, I recently had a spot where I'm rebuilding and I have, you know, Devontae Adams. I got Cooper Cup in a second for Devontae Adams. And I think that's an absolute smash because for me, I'm rebuilding. I'm getting Cup back. And the minute Cup back, comes back on that field, puts up 25 points his first week back, then I flip him for something else that's a lot more suitable for my rebuild roster. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And that's all about just understanding market value and taking advantage of when it drops and then selling at a peak. And that's how you honestly win in Dynasty. So I'm all about trades like that. Always just trying to take value on top of value for players that are similar type players. And I mean, Cup's a guy that has outscored Adams the past two years in points per game. I know Devontae Adams has probably been the best wide receiver since he's entered that Rodgers elite phase with that duo just absolutely torching defenses for the past six years. But Cooper Cup the past two has been unbelievable. So that you can't deny that. And like I said, Keenan Allen, guys like that, they're, they're 31, 32 years old. Keenan Allen's been a guy injured his entire career. I think he's torn two ACLs now and he's still balling. So I'm not too worried with medicine nowadays. And I think if anybody's going to be able to get away from injuries, I know Cooper Cup, I've read, takes such good care of his body. So these are just unfortunate injuries. But this is a guy that ran a 4-6. It's not like he was relying on that long speed to be good. He's an elite route runner. They scheme for him to get open. And he's just a great player after the catch using that short area quickness. So Definitely a guy that I think will have a little bit more longevity than people expect. And if you want to go ahead on that rebuild team or that one-year punt, go out and shoot an offer, maybe give up like a 25 first or throw like a low ball over there for Cooper Cup and see if you can get the manager to accept because that one-year punt, you're looking to compete next year. You're not you're not rebuilding for three years. So that's a good opportunity to buy low on the injured elite players as well. And we'll get into the next guy who's another guy that you'll be able to buy low. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I want to talk about some of these trades because right now you look at some contenders. A guy messaged me. He said, hey, you know, Cooper Cup or DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. He's like, I got to fill in for Cup. I'm a contender. Talk to me real quick about that one because that one's that was tricky to me. DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute stud. Michael Thomas. But Cooper Cup's just on another level. Yeah, Cup's on another level, in my opinion. I mean, Michael Thomas is a guy that I'm banking on to have a bounce back year. Derek Carr coming into New Orleans, he's just going to absolutely feed MT. He likes those big body targets. He, he was a feeding Waller all the, throughout his career in Las Vegas. So I'm all about Michael Thomas on that bounce back, but that's another guy that can't stay healthy. So I think in a situation like that, I'm going to chase the highest ceiling and I'm just going to chase the player that has been a 24, 25 plus point per game score the past two years. So that's Cooper Cup all day for me. And that's not enough for me to move off him. What I'm looking at right now, Snoog, is you look at Cooper Cup and a lot of people are hitting that panic button. You know, they're saying, hey, I'm going to sell for a random 24 first. I'm going to sell for a random 25 first. And for me, I look at him as still someone who, you know, at the minute he comes back from injury, we're looking at him in 2024. He's worth the 106, 107. You know, this is still a, a mid 24 first. And what I've been advocating the people that are worried is, you know what? Let's kick the tires on a couple of guys. Let's kick the tires on Keenan Allen in a 24 first. Or, you know, we go maybe DeAndre Hopkins in a 24 early to mid-second. Or transfer over to Calvin Ridley or get yourself into a scenario where you're still getting that production. I think the biggest issue I'm having is I'm seeing people like recently, okay, 325 seconds. What, what you know that's not the type of move that we advocate doing here you know where i'm seeing michael pittman straight up i saw sky Moore in a 24 second like the chances of those russell wilson in superflex i saw gabe davis in a 24 second these are not the kind of moves to win you your league you know you are absolutely just wasting cooper cups value go out there and buy him on the cheap go out there and and make those moves but really try to avoid the situation of just hitting the panic button. Yeah. I want absolutely. to, I want to quick hit on some of the guys from the Patreon. You know, one thing we've been doing a lot is guys that are in the Patreon are, are getting questions answered on the podcast. They're getting their sit starts done. They're getting, you know, all their dynasty trade advice. This one from AJ Selton, He says, you know, I, I would really like to hear you guys talk about Cooper cup, 
But on the flip side, Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm seeing a lot of just basic principles about these type of players. You know, Cooper Cup is interesting because you're only missing four weeks. Jonathan Taylor, in my estimation, you could be missing the entire year. And I'm seeing a lot of trades of Ramondre Stevenson straight up. I'm seeing, you know, Nick Chubb straight up. How are you handling Jonathan Taylor? We have not discussed that, you know, in in length on the podcast. Personally, right now, I'm really trying to do what I've always done at the running back position. And I'm trying to get an insulated trade. I'm trying to get Rashad White in a 24 first. I'm trying to get J.K. Dobbins plus. I'm trying to get a guy that I know I'm going to get production, and then I'm going to get that get that pick on top. You know, maybe a Joe Mixon in a 24 first, an Aaron Jones in a 24 first. You know, if you're rebuilding, he's the ultimate guy, right? We're, we've talked about Kyler Murray is the super flex cheat code. Jonathan Taylor is that one quarterback cheat code if you if you're in that one year punt and rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor is still one of the best running backs in the NFL. What he did two years ago, finishing as the RB1 overall, rushing for over 1,800 plus yards. We can't forget that. I mean, he's still my dynasty RB4 right after Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, and Brees Hall because there is no young running back as good as him in the landscape right now that I could see surpassing him. And I think if anybody is there that could get close and it's Travis Etienne, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. I just think he's the next best young running back out of all of them. So I'm yeah. all about, I'm all about um, trading for Travis Etienne all day and Jonathan Taylor as well. So where is that line for you of like, we, we got to pick a running back that we would trade even up for me. I was talking about with the Zoltan and for me, it is Etienne. After ETN, I mean, are you trading for pennies on the dollar at this point? Because if you're trading for Nick Chubb, you're trading for Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, guys in that range, where is that line where, you know, someone comes to you and say, hey, let's go one for one here. This is the running back that I want, you know, and we don't advocate making those kind of moves. But a lot of people are asking, what's that running back line for you? You know, like I've talked about the insulated trades. Let's talk about straight up. Somebody comes for you and they offer you this running back for Jonathan Taylor and you're a contender. Where's the line? I think Christian McCaffrey, maybe Saquon Barkley is that line for me. So that's like my dynasty RB five and six. Um, but there's nobody else close. So there's, if someone asked me, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, none of them, not, not getting it done for me because Jonathan Taylor, if he goes and plays somewhere else, then he's probably going to be like the dynasty RB three for some people, or maybe two again for some people, because he's an absolute bell cow and he is one of the best athletes at his size that we've seen in a while. So he's having a little bit of a, a down year the past two years, including this year. He's having a slow start after that big RB one overall finish, but I mean, this is a guy that just showed that incredible ceiling. First two seasons were unbelievable. And he's playing on that contract year this year. So he wants to get paid. So I do think he'll be back week five. I know they're trying to milk that injury he has. I don't think there's an injury. I think they're just trying to punish him in some type of way because that's just how weird the Colts are. And I hate everything about the Colts franchise. And I think they're going to stink for the next three years. But Jonathan Taylor is a guy that I'm just not giving up on. And if anything, I'm going to go out there and buy low because like you said, I'm not trading him for Ramondre Stevenson and I'm not trading him for Najee Harris or any of those guys. So go ahead, trade for Jonathan Taylor, go give up a 24 first and a second, or go give up a 25 first and a 24 first for Jonathan Taylor and a good piece on top. So take advantage of that because we're not going to have this buy window for much longer. I like it. Yo, he straight up says my mom forced. Oh, we're we're botching this thing left and right. Like I'm just. Did you I'm hear? Like, okay. Did you hear it? She yeah, comes yeah, in shaking like, a water bottle with ice at me. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, they know what right. I'm doing too. All right, this is gonna be like I'm gonna have to actually edit for once. Bloopers, bloopers, we, Dad. Is the rest of it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're crushing it. This is good. Right. It's blowing. Just a couple bloopers, but I'm. I like it. We'll let a spot go here. All right. All right. On the same token, we've talked about Jonathan Taylor. We've talked about Cooper Cup. Now we get news that Travis Kelsey, you know, data suggests that he could return week two, week three, week three, most likely in that situation. Um, he's he's out. on. We should just double record it. Hold on. Uh, just delete this whole thing out. Peyton, you want to take over for me? Mom, meatloaf. <laughs> all right. All right. 
We talked about Cup. We talked about Jonathan Taylor. For me, Travis Kelsey, data now suggests that he's going to be returning week two, week three. He's going to be out on Thursday night against the Lions. This is something that I, I think we also got to look at. You know, we, we have a situation here where Travis Kelsey has been that tight end one in Dynasty. Everybody has him as such. And now we start to see, you know, he's been the model of consistency on the football field. He's been healthy. He's been putting up monster numbers. Snoog, I mean, is this the time where we're starting to see the changing of the guard, you know, that, that Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts is going to take over as that, that dynasty tight end one. I still believe Kelsey's that guy. And there's a, we've created a buy low window because I'm seeing people selling Travis Kelsey now for an even 24 first or a Darren Waller in a 24 second. And guys, this is a minor, minor injury. He will be back likely next week, if not week three. Yeah, so I've always been for the past year now, I think, Mark Andrews' dynasty tight end one just because two years ago we saw that tight end one overall ceiling. He had 1,300 push yards. He had 100 catches in that Baltimore offense, and now they added Todd Munkin. So this is an offense that is going to have Lamar passing about seven to eight more times per game, which is only going to help Mark Andrews. Good weapons around him, field stretchers, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. Mark Andrews is going to be an absolute target hog. So, yes, Travis Kelsey is my tight end one in redraft. And, yes, Travis Kelsey is probably going to go down as the best tight end of all time statistically. But Mark Andrews is right there with him in Dynasty. So this is an opportunity that we're getting now where that's going to probably change because people are like, oh, the injury, he's 33, it's already happening. I'm off of Travis Kelsey. If you have Patrick Mahomes on any Dynasty league, go do yourself a favor and trade for Travis Kelsey because now you're going to have the opportunity to get one of the best stacks in football for the next few years. And what Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey have done to us, and if you haven't had them on your team, you've suffered because they have been absolute league winners for the past few years. And what we saw him do last year at 32 years old is ridiculous. So like I said, same scenario with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. If you can go get these three guys on your dynasty rosters and give up like three firsts, maybe four firsts in total value, you're going to have the best team in the league next year, no doubt in my mind. So go ahead, go make those trades. Dad's going to tell you to do it too. I'll hound you to do it. The whole Patreon's going to do it because we're going to tell them to do it so that you have every reason to do it. Because like I said, league winners, all we care about is the money that we're winning and the bragging rights that we have over our friends when we bring home that trophy. And I've been making offers in every single league. You know, I'm offering I'm offering Kittle in a second. I'm offering Darren Waller. You know, I'm offering guys because one thing I've really noticed is we have a lot of, you know, in, in the leagues that I'm in, people that have Travis Kelsey don't have a capable backup. They don't have an Evan Ingram. They don't have a David Njoku. They are sparse at the tight end position because they've had faith in that certain area. I started looking at, you know, you guys that are playing redraft and these guys that are looking for a cheap filler. Solutions at the tight end position that are less than 50% owned in Yahoo. You look at Gerald Everett. You look at, you know, you, we got Jake Ferguson, Greg Dolchich. There's not a lot out there. Tyler Higby's still 20% you know, available in leagues like that. If you guys are in dynasty right now, I mean, this is the way where you need to have that backup. If you have Kittle, Waller, Kelsey, make sure you have a decent backup. And I think Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, Greg Dolchich, you know, Jake Ferguson, those are the guys that you can, can go out there and get on the cheap to fill in. The question that everybody's messaging me is, you know, is Noah Gray a Travis Kelsey, you know, kind of a handcuff at the tight end position doesn't have the same kind of talent, but he's a guy that you can get certainly on the cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's worth putting in the waiver wire for sure. And if, if you're thin at tight end, like in some leagues, I think I'm like scrounging between like Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry and Zachert. So that's definitely a good option for the next maybe week two, maybe three weeks. But I mean, he's not Travis Kelsey, like you said, and that, that tight end position still a valuable scheme spot for them in that offense so Patrick Mahomes naturally is going to be looking to that position and the offense is just built around that tight end position whether it's Travis Kelsey or not we don't know but it's worth the risk for sure and if you're putting in 50 bucks of your fab this late in the year for a guy like Noah Gray who could be the tight end one for the first three weeks all you need is a, maybe two good weeks where everyone has this mindset that he's going to be the handcuff and as soon as Travis Kelsey ends He's the next Travis Kelsey. So you might be able to squeeze out like a second round pick, maybe even like a second and a third round pick from guys after that Travis Kelsey return just off a few good weeks from Noah Gray, just with the hype he could build up. 
I want to talk about a couple of trades that I, I saw on Sleeper recently where, you know, Travis Kelsey is now, you know, started to show a little bit of signs of being human. So people are making offers. I mean, the first one I would talk about is George Pickens and a 24 first was, was just made today in a start 10, 12 team super flex. Also the exact same trade on the other side is Pat Fryermuth in a 24 first. So if you have Travis Kelsey, are you considering either of these offers? We're just saying random 24 first in Pickens or random 24 first in, in Fryermuth. I think I'd take the Pickens one, but not the Fryermuth one. I think I'd take the Pickens one and try to turn Pickens into Kittle and just turn that into Kittle and like a 24 first for Kelsey if I can. Yeah. Because I think George Kittle is going to absolutely smash this year. 18 plus points per game with Brock Purdy as under center last year in like five to six games. So that was a decent enough um, window for us to see, okay, Brock Purdy likes to hit his tight end. He's not mobile. It's easy for him. Kittle's an absolute monster after the catch. So I'm just trying to look at, okay, I get George Pickens, but what's Pickens worth? And how can I make him to fill that Kelsey position the best I can at value, but and then get a free first on top? So that's how I'm looking at that. Friar Muth, I'm not a big fan. He's the third option on a pretty poor passing offense. And he's he's a good talent, but I just don't like the situation. And I'm big on if you're not elite and super, super talented at tight end like George Kittle and maybe Kyle Pitts, then it doesn't matter if you're decent, if you're good, if you're in a crowded offense. Like Evan Ingram is pretty solid tight end, but he might struggle a little bit now with Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, he he was operating kind of as that number two option last year, but now he's going to be like the three or the four option. So that could change for a guy like Evan Ingram and same with Pat Fryermuth. They're just not going to be able to hit that elite ceiling without opportunity in an elite offense with target opportunity. I like it. You know, and I, I think you're onto it there. I don't know if we can get Kittle in a 24 first, but I think you can get Kittle in a 25 first if you play your cards right and maybe swing that around a little bit. The trade that I saw, and I know it's a guy that you love. I saw you put your redraft tight end rankings out, and this is your your tight end three for 2023. TJ Hawkinson and Najee Harris or Travis Kelsey. This is a 12-team start 10, full PPR, 0.75 tight end premium, which for you guys that don't do it, like when we talk tight end premium, 0.5 is nothing. 0.75, we start to talk about Travis Kelsey puts up nine points more than the number two guy. Did you say Hawk? You said Hawkinson and Nigy? Yeah. Yeah, I'd smash that side. I think Hawkinson, he's he's young enough. That's that's kind of why I have him over Kittle, just because he's really young. He's like 25 years old. He's kind of showed that he he's one of the top four, top five elite tight ends left. And he just has that – he's not injured like Kittle is. So so there's a little bit more risk. I have Kittle over him in redraft, but I do have Hawkinson as my tight end three. Or no, he's my tight end four in Dynasty right after Pitts, Andrews, and Kelsey. But he's right there. I mean, that that's a similar tier of guys. So he's just in a great offense, high-volume passing offense, and he's just going to get targets. Jordan Addison's a rookie wide receiver. So I just look at that like I'm going to give up a little bit, bit of production going to Hawkinson from Kelsey. But then I'm going to get a top 12, top 13, maybe top 15 running back for the next two years in Pittsburgh on top. So that's a no-brainer move for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. I mean, the only thing I'm seeing is if you can move yourself from Kelsey to Andrews, Kelsey to Pitts, Kelsey to Hawkinson, you know, maybe Goddard, maybe in that area. You're not going too much farther. I have one here that is very interesting to me because this is where you're playing for the future, right? It's Dalton Kincaid in a 24 first. For Travis Kelsey. I mean, if you were on a rebuilding team, this is the way to move, right? This yeah. is where you're you're trying to go. Dalton Kincaid is that next big thing. I think this is the type of move where, you know, if you've decided that a lot of times teams are looking at it where they have the Travis Kelsey injury. I mean, one guy messaged me, he had Kelsey, Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and Brees Hall. And he was just like, What do I do? You know, and you almost got to look at an area where it's like, all right, we might have to retool here a little bit. And I think a move like Travis Kelsey for Dalton Kincaid in a first, it might not look great right now, but next year this time, I think that is an absolute smash except. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Kincaid side as well because I know people value Kincaid as a first. So I'm just looking at that like two firsts for Travis Kelsey. And I mean, no one knows. Travis Kelsey could be good though. He's 38 years old. He could be good for one more year. You don't know what's going to happen. It, it stinks to say, but it just takes one injury when you get to that age. So I hope I hope Travis Kelsey has a healthy career. He's a great player. He's one of my favorite to watch at the tight end position. But we don't know. And when he's getting up to that age, I mean, there's risk involved. So 
transitioning off to Kincaid, a guy that's tied to Josh Allen for the next four to five years. Could be five years with that first round pick, fifth year extension option. So I'm all in on Kincaid as well. I mean, he's like my dynasty tight end six right after like the Kittles, the Andrews, the Pitts. And he's a guy that's going to be probably Josh Allen's long-term number two option. And they know how Travis Kelsey plays. They've played him and they've seen him many times. Kincaid, they're going to try to do the same thing with him. They're going to line him up in the slot. I had a thread back in like April, maybe even sooner than that. Might have been March where I comped Kincaid to Zach Ertz. A lot of cool information about that. If you search my profile and just type in Kincaid, it'll come up. But he's an absolute monster. He has the best hands I've ever seen from a tight end prospect coming out of college. And he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So there's no reason to not take him plus another first on top for Kelsey. That was a little memory lane. I think that was when you and I first started talking. I also had him as Ertz too. And we were like vibing off that. So to transition from Kincaid to a a trade sent in from our our Patreon, Frank Grippo, Brees Hall, or Dalton Kincaid, Cam Akers, and a late 24 second. You Give know I love it. Thank you. That's what I, I, I suggest. Dynasty yeah. RB3 right there. Low-key two. Absolutely. I'll go yeah, back and I, forth. It depends on the day. If I look to my left and see that Jameer Gibbs signed jersey, maybe it's Gibbs that day. But other than that, it's usually Brees. Yeah. And Frank, great trade. Love it. You know, and that was one that, that him and I worked through from, from start to finish. You know, that's one thing that in the Patreon is we aren't just saying, Hey, here's a trade, do this. It's a matter of let's break this thing down. Let's look at your roster. Let's see how it benefits you. Where's your strengths? Where's your weaknesses? How can we assess this trade and get you to a spot where, you know, we're at a snoog and I both five to 10 X our money every single year. We're trying to get you into that same position. And that's literally what we're trying to do here. You know, we love these kind of interactions with you guys. We love doing those kind of trades. Next one sent in from Nate Billman, another guy in the Patreon. This is an absolutely awesome scenario where, you know, he came and he's like, Hey, do you want Javante Williams? I know you've been talking about him a lot. Or do you want Jordan Addison one for one? You know, these are two guys that you and I both have been big on in the Patreon on Twitter if you had to choose between these two, are you taking Javante or are you taking Addison? Yeah, he actually reached out to me today about this same trade. And I, I told him, I think the landscape right now with how they value young wide receivers and the hype Jordan Addison's been getting. like There's people on Twitter that have him as their wide receiver one in this class. A lot of people have him over Quentin Johnson as the two spot right behind JSN. So Jordan Addison has a ton of hype right now. And Javante Williams is the guy coming off a torn ACL. And although he is like my RB 13, maybe 14 in dynasty right now, and I'm high on the talent, love what Sean Payton's going to do with a guy like that. I comped him to hopefully Sean Payton's Mark Ingram back in the day because they're bowling balls and they can catch the ball out of the backfield. They can run through your face. They can make you miss. So this is a guy that I see a ton of talent and still just 23 years old on that rookie contract. And they only brought in some AJP run. This is a guy that's 28 years old, not good at football. And he's going to be a pass protect guy until Javante gets back on his feet. So I think it goes either way, depending on your league. But I think you have an opportunity to sell Jordan Addison for Javante plus during the season. Because I think Javante might have a tough little first two to three games with that ACL injury. Maybe even longer. Then you have leverage. Then you can say, hey, look, I'll give you a second. You give me a third back. Let's get this done. I'm glad you said that because that's what he got done. He came to me with the same order. I said, listen, Javante is going to pass Addison soon. Get a second, add a third, boom. That it was like on the exact same page. Great trade, Nate. You know, like he goes out there and he gets he gets the win, you know. Another trade sent in from Ice Trades. Uh, he said right now he's looking at Jameer Gibbs or Chris Olave. So he is he is loaded at wide receiver. He has Garrett Wilson. He has Waddle. He has Olave. And he said, hey, man, like who out of these three would you trade if you're trying to get Jameer Gibbs? And is this enough? And what I want to talk to you about is, you know, would you trade Chris Olave? And obviously, we're not trading Waddle or Wilson for, for Gibbs. Would you trade Chris Olave if you were short at running back, heavy on wide receiver to get Jameer Gibbs? And then I want to talk about, like, by the time this season is over, you know, we both agree that Gibbs will be in that top three running backs. You know, it's going to be Bijan, Hall, and Gibbs. I don't see any other scenario. I see these guys absolutely smashing. Where would Gibbs be at in the wide receiver landscape? You know, what are you willing to trade into that area? Because this is, I think Alave is right at that line, but the industry completely has Alave above Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because Chris Olave was just elite on a per route run basis last year with 
horrible QB play. I mean, Andy Dalton wasn't great. Chris Olave made him look good, if anything. And this was a guy on pace for 1,200 plus yards as a rookie. So it is tough because I typically am the guy to lean the wide receiver, especially when they're young, over any running back. But I think looking into my fantasy football crystal ball, I think there's this real world scenario where Jameer Gibbs is valued more next year this time. All it takes is Michael Thomas to stay healthy, Alvin Kamara to come back, Jawan Johnson to start eating out of that tight end spot. Big, large, athletic tight end that Derek Carr will love to feed like he did with Darren Waller. So, I mean, there's mouths to feed in New Orleans. So, Chris Olave, I have him as a top 15 redraft wide receiver, and he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for me. Love Chris Olave. Was big on him coming out as a prospect. But you got to just predict and take into consideration, okay, so you need the running back. So, there, there you go. Check off team need box. There's a real-world scenario where Jameer Gibbs is valued more. Check off another box. Jameer Gibbs is going to have five years running behind this Detroit offensive line that ranks top three, according to sites like PFF, people that are much smarter than me at identifying offensive lines. So he's going to be running behind an offensive line where he's probably going to put up five yards per carry. And he came out today and said that he he thinks there's a real-world scenario where he throws up 1,000 yards rushing and goes 500-plus receiving yards. So he has all the confidence in the world. I'm assuming they're telling him he can do this and that they're going to give him the keys to be able to do this. So there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be everybody's dynasty RB2, maybe three if he doesn't have that that great of a year. But every running back to be drafted top 12 as a rookie finished as a top 12 running back since like 2012. So there's no doubt in my mind Jameer Gibbs is going to have a top 12 year and be valued as a guy that should be going in that late first, early second round range because Javante Williams and Travis Etienne like these are guys that had great rookie years. Javante Williams didn't even have as good of a rookie year as Travis Etienne. He had like 900 rushing yards. All he had to do was show flashes. And the dude was like a late first, early second round startup pick just a year ago. So this is a guy that Jameer Gibbs better than Javante Williams. He's better than Travis Etienne. He, he has more upside in fantasy football because of how good he is as a pass catcher and the versatility he has. And there's no better offense he could be in with the versatile skill set he has as they like to call it, Dan Campbell, positionless players. That's Jameer Gibbs. So I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs in this trade. Yeah, and the interesting part here is we ended up negotiating it out where it's Gibbs in a 24 first for Olave in a 24 second. And I think that's an absolute smash because yeah. I think Gibbs yep. Dynasty finds data himself approved. next year, exactly, puts himself into that same area as Olave. I can yep. see a scenario where Gibbs is going second round, just like all these wide receivers that are, are elite that are in that area. So if you guys can go do that and you're a believer in, in Jameer Gibbs like, like we are, go for it. Next one sent in from Teddy Chavez, and I like this one. He said, Kenneth Walker and Brock Purdy or Brees Hall? And this is one where I'm like, okay. you do, I said, what, what's your scenario looking like? He's like, Purdy's his QB3. I said, all right, let's go in. You know, like Walker is in a weird situation right now with, with Zach Charbonnet. I love Kenneth Walker, the talent. But Brees Hall is going to win you guys leagues. Like by the time we get to week eight, week 10, this is someone that's going to be week in, week out a top five running back in my estimation. He's going to ball out, and I'm, I'm willing to just pay up to get Brees Hall. Yeah, give me Brees Hall all day. Like I said, Dynasty RB2 slash three, giving up a guy that, like you said, I mean, they drafted Zach Charbonnet pretty early in the second round for a reason. They clearly viewed Kenneth Walker as a guy with weaknesses. He looked great. He flashed. He's a great athlete. He's a guy that can pop a nothing into a 90-yard run. But he's also a guy that can struggle to get you those four to five yards between the tackles consistently. So that's probably why they added a bigger body in Zach Charbonnet. I think Kenneth Walker is going to probably get 60% of the touches between the two of them, maybe 65. He's the more talented running back, in my opinion. But I think Zach Charbonnet is more well-rounded. So that's where it kind of comes into play, and that's where it gets tricky. But Brees Hall, I mean, they're not on the same level. They're not the same talent. Brees Hall was going to be a top-five running back last year with the Jets and they weren't great. I mean, they had the four Stooges throwing the football at quarterback. So, and this is where Dalvin cook gets injured or Dalvin cook leaves next year. And Brees Hall eats everything where Charbonnet is going to eat into Kenneth Walker, no matter how we look at it. Speaking of Brees, Hall, another trade sent in from the Patreon M Hearn 88. He said he's a middle of the road team, 10 team super flex start 10. 
And he's looking at this area. We, you know, we put the thread out there about collapsing for Caleb, trying to make sure we get it, you know, that 101 next year. And he's like, I'm in the middle of the spot, right? We teach at Smash Except top three, bottom three. You do not want to have the 107 pick every year. The 107 every year is like, okay, this is where it starts to drop off. We don't want to be in that area. He said, I have AJ Brown and Brees Hall are my two main pieces. Should I trade them for three random 24 firsts, a random 25 first, and a random 24 second? One of the first might be early. So this is an interesting one because for me, I feel like when you're selling studs, you want pieces that fit. If I'm trading AJ Brown, I'm trading AJ Brown for Drake London and a mid 24 first. If I'm trading Brees Hall, I'm trading him for Javante Williams and a 24 first and a 24 second. I'm trying to make moves where I am getting known assets. You know, a lot of times I got a lot of flack today from people saying, hey, dad, why are you saying sell your whole team? That's how you rebuild. Look at the rebuild process I do. It's not sell your whole team. It's a matter of make calculated moves. A calculated move is not, you know, selling everything you have. So, so, you know. Mr. M. Hearn here, what I'm saying is let's break this thing down. Let's do it into smaller deals. If one of these is the, you know, 102, okay, we have a different scenario because you're talking about moving from A.J. Brown to Marvin Harrison as opposed to the 10, you know, you move your pick to the 101, which helps. I would want to get some clear assets in here. Snoog, I, I feel like you're probably on the same page there. You know, when we start talking about if I'm dealing George Pickens, yeah, I'll trade for a 24 first because he's not at that same level as A.J. Brown or Brees Hall. If I'm trading Joe Mixon, if I'm trading a guy in that area, but if I'm trading a top 10 running back, a top 10 wide receiver, I got to have not just a pick, but I need to know what it is. Yeah, I'm taking the players all day because that's my Dynasty RB3 and my Dynasty wide receiver 5. And like you said, if I'm going to give up those guys, I value both of those guys at more than two first a pop. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take bare minimum for both of them. I'm going to go to different guys and try to get the most out of both guys. I'm going to try to go get maybe Javante Williams in a first and two seconds for Brees Hall and then go get maybe Javante Smith in like a first for AJ Brown or go get go get a proven elite top 15, maybe JSN in a first and a second. Like a move like that. That's what you want to do when you're a rebuild because if you don't want to be you don't want to be stuck in a rebuild for a while and unless you're really good at taking in a ton of picks like there's, I've had teams where I've had 11 first, 10 first. I think 11's my most. And like, I had nothing. Like, I think I had like Garrett Wilson on one of these teams and I drafted him fresh out of the startup in like the sixth round. And maybe I had like Jamar Chase. So it was like, I had those two. And then it was literally like, I was starting waiver players. I turned, I think every single one of those firsts into probably one of the best teams I've ever looked at. So if you can manipulate the market like that and just move off picks at the right time, then I'm okay with trading those guys for like four and a half, five first total. But if you can't, you're better off getting guys that'll lead you to competing in the next following two years. And now's the perfect time to do that. I mean, we were talking a lot of rebuild. I had a message from uh, bomb Bomba slot, B O M B A S L A T T underscore. And he's like, yo, where am I at with this rebuild? I looked at his roster. I saw you had Calvin Ridley and Derrick Henry. I said, offer those two guys for Jalen Waddle. Because then you have a centerpiece to build around, right? You don't want to just start moving these players out. He ended up getting a little bit more on top. For me, it's like I got to get that centerpiece. I got to move in. I got to get that that guy. And one player that you and I have been in on, I mean, let's let's talk about it. 2021, we're like, okay, Jamar Chase has a case of the drops, right? And then we talk about, you know, 2022. You know, we, we seem to have this every year there's a guy that we're not quite in on because there's something there. You know, we, we talk about trying to find those warts of those 2022. It's like, Oh, Garrett Wilson doesn't have a quarterback thrown to him. 2023 JSN. We're like, you got a value because of the injury. He is going to blow up. He is going to be an absolute steal. You had an opportunity here for him and I'm seeing some trades and I got to get your opinion. You know, this one sent in from uh, this is Michael Giovanni. He said Lamar Jackson and Amari Cooper or CJ Stroud, JSN and Elijah Moore. You know, I, I'm seeing a lot of moves right now for JSN. You, we miss part of that area. Are people going to overcorrect now? You know, like where should we be at with JSN? Yeah, I mean, he's the top 12 dynasty wide receiver for me. And I think he's truly the best wide receiver on the Seahawks for fantasy purposes because he has the skill set to translate into that PPR machine we're looking for. 
I mean, he was a 99th percentile athlete in them short area aspects. So, I mean, he's going to be getting off the line lightning fast, making mm-hmm. plays after the catch. He has some of the best hands I've ever seen in my life. He like, does not drop the ball. And if you listen to how Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave talk about him, they say he's the best one out of them, and they're not lying. Why would Garrett Wilson say that after the year he just had? He's tweeting out, y'all haven't seen nothing yet about JSN. It's like Garrett Wilson knows, Chris Olave knows, we all know. We know what he did in Ohio State, throwing up 1,600-plus yards. So this is a guy that was an elite prospect. He falls into all the buckets analytically with all the guys like CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, all those elite prospects as well. So you have no reason to fade him just because there's a 31-year-old Tyler Lockett there. DK and JSN are going to absolutely eat for the Seattle Seahawks for the next five to six years. And if DK goes, there you go. JSN's a top five dynasty wide receiver. I like it. And we get into that area. You and I have been saying this since the beginning that JSN is going to fall into that Jamar Chase. DK Metcalf's a lot more like T. Higgins. This yep. is that that area you're going to be in There's here. Nobody, nobody in the 2023 class at the wide receiver position that even touches his talent. There's nobody. <laughs> Another trade sent in from the Patreon, Vintage J. He said, you know, what? looking for a good return on a rebuild for Mark Andrews. He said, it's a 10-team, just your standard .5 tight end premium. Um, he's going into a rebuild, wondering if if this is a good teardown. He was able to give up. He gave up Mike Evans, Mark Andrews, and DeAndre Swift for Brandon Ayuk, Dalton Kincaid, and two 24 firsts. So the way I look at it is, you know, Ayuk is pretty – he's above where Swift is, you know, by a little bit more than where that is. You look at Kincaid and 224 first or Mark Andrews and Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Kincaid side. I think I have Mark Andrews valued at like right about two first, especially in mm-hmm. tight end premium, maybe like two and a half first, just because like I said earlier on in this pod, Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson, new weapons, a new offense. Andrews is going to be the go-to red zone target guy, and this is the guy that's going to probably command another like 140, 150 targets out of that backfield and out of that um, Ravens wide receiver corp. So, I mean, sell Mark Andrews high. Don't sell low. You have no reason to sell him low. Tons of hype around Lamar Jackson potentially being an MVP. He said he's going to throw for 6,000 yards. Let's see it. I would bet my house that he doesn't, but I like the hype up and I like that he has that level of confidence because, hey, he's like, I'm ready to throw the ball and I'm ready to show you guys that I'm a good passer, that I can throw the ball deep. I can throw it on all three levels. And Mark Andrews is going to be the center face of that offense. So if I'm getting Kincaid and two firsts, basically for like a Mike Evans and Mark Andrews swap, I'm going to smash that all day because Mike Evans is probably valued at like maybe two seconds, a second and a couple thirds at this point in his career. So Kincaid and two firsts for Andrews is like a no-brainer for me. I, I don't even look at Mike Evans in that trade. I love it. Next one sent in from Trying Two. He again rebuilding, and this is a theme, guys, because we have so many guys that have gone through rosters. They've listened to other, you know, areas. They've 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 gotten their roster into a certain area. We will help you with those rebuilds. He said he's got an offer of he has to give up Antonio Gibson and what looks like the one ten to one twelve for Brandon Ayuk. Is Brandon Ayuk a centerpiece, or should he ask for a little bit more on the return? So the 110 and Gibson or Brandon Ayuk? I'd keep the pick because do we know if this is already the 110? Is it 23 or 24? It's 24. He said it's 110 to 112. The guy's team is an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, but I've had powerhouse teams fall out of the playoffs somehow just with so many injuries and stuff, just getting unlucky. So I, I don't like the label of first. If it's a powerhouse team, I just mark it as a mid first. I mark every single first as a mid first. And if the team's horrible, it's early to me. But I would take the first because I value Ayuk at the first, if not maybe a little less than the first, just with how crowded the 49ers situation is. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's always He's like a George Pickens for me, like, so talented, but the situation's not there. The target opportunity is never going to be there. They'll they'll outproduce it with their skill set and put up like top twenty four seasons and throw up a thousand yards and make a ton of crazy plays to suck us in to want to buy them low and or buy them high because we're like, all right, they're too good. They're going to produce, but it, it comes down to good offense, target opportunity, talent weighs out. If you're like one of the best wide receivers in the league, like DeAndre Hopkins on the Texans all those years, but I mean, the situation's just not there for Ayuk. So I think you can move Gibson with the hype he's built up for like a second or two elsewhere and keep that first. And then you're looking at, would you give up 
a first and two seconds for Ayuk. And for me, no, not even close. So, yeah, Ayuk's a guy that I think is that early wide receiver two. I would love him as my wide receiver three. He's not a, a cornerstone like a, a JSN or like a guy in that range, but I love having him on my team. Speaking of JSN, another one sent in from the Patreon, Banks Cuse2324. He said, Would you trade JSN for the a top four? 24 first in a rebuild what are you looking for from jsn where do you rank him in the 24th class as of right now and i i i was looking at this today and i'm going to be putting out a a thread here in the next couple of days where you combine the 23 and 24 first obviously you're not going to get one through three i mean may harrison and caleb williams are another level compared to where jsn is in my in my opinion uh but i do feel like when we get to four five and six we can start to debate it, you know, like as of right now, if I'm rebuilding, if it's guaranteed for, I might take that spot. But I think if you're on a rebuilding team, JSN is that guy that you want to build around. Right? You want to build around him. If you say it could be the 101, you you got to see where you're at, right? Like I could take a risk of if that, if it's a top four pick one way or another, if that, if I have a chance of that being one, two and three, I'm there. If I have a chance of being four, five, and six, it's a different story, right? So this is where, you know, we ask you guys to send us your roster. Let us evaluate that because there's a big difference between one, two, and three this year and four, five, and six. Yeah, so I, I have it right now. Caleb's one all day. Marvin's two all day. I need to see more from Drake May. I mean, he has all the talent in the world, but his decision-making, he's still missing players that are open. He's still throwing too many picks for me. He needs to clean it up. And to lock himself in as the one on two, I'm going to need to see a lot more than what he showed me because we have one of the best wide receiver prospects of all time coming out. Mm -hmm. So there, and that's one of the most, that has the highest hit rate position, probably alongside running back. I think quarterbacks like the worst hit rate position you can draft in rookie drafts. So why would I take like a rookie quarterback that isn't a perfect prospect over a perfect prospect wide receiver? That'll probably be more valued the next year after drafting in the rookie draft. So those are my two locked in. Then I think it's a toss up between it's between May and JSN for me. I mean, Emeka is right there too, but I think JSN has the edge on Emeka. He's a better short area quickness athlete. He had that crazy three cone and shuttle drill. I mean, he showed what he can do after that catch. Emeka's not quite there, but I think Emeka is a little bit better downfield. So they both have their positives and their weaknesses, but I think JSN's that guy. I mean, he threw up 1,600 yards with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave playing alongside him. He cemented himself. He made Jamison Williams transfer. I don't think Omeka's on JSN's level yet. I need to see more from him, but he's my wide receiver two in that class. So no doubt in my mind, JSN's probably three or four, if at worst five. I like it. That's good analysis. So the next part we want to talk about is, again, we've, we've referenced this multiple times. We are going to not just be doing Dynasty, but we're going to help you with redraft. And Snoog has re-ramped the entire Discord. It's going to be dropping on Friday this week where you guys are going to be able to look at it and just go into a room with us and say, hey, this is our sit starts. Who you got? So a lot of the guys have already started asking these questions, and we're going to kind of rattle a couple of them off. We're going to hit it on here, and I want to get your analysis. The first one from Gator Hater 24 half-point PPR, Javante Williams, Drake London, Jahan Dotson. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with Drake London because what he did last year in that Falcons offense, just commanding such a high target share, I think he's the safest option. Jahan Dotson was boomer bust, and Terry's going to play week one. Javante's probably going to start off slow. I'm kind of in a similar predicament right now with Javante Williams bouncing back and forth between him and Cam Akers. No cup. They're going to slam that ball down the throat of the rival Seahawks that they're playing in week one. Matthew Stafford's probably going to feed him a few targets as well. So I'm in that same type of situation. And I'm just thinking in my head, I won't be mad because most people aren't going to start Javante Williams because of the injury. And it's very likely that he's going to start off slow. So I would just lean Drake London there. He's the safest option. And Dotson was really touchdown or bust last year. See, I'm going to go Dotson here because the way I'm looking at it is I want to, I want to, I want to touch and feel. I love Drake London, but I think week one, I think Terry McLaurin's still going to be get, coming back off that injury. I know he's back in practice. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a decoy. And we got the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Sam Howell led offense. Jahan Dotson is a guy that I think yeah, scores I, I week that, yeah. one. You know, and I, and I think 
I think you can't go wrong with those two. I would not start Javante Williams right out the gate. I think that's a cold start. But I yeah. think Drake London and Dotson, I think Dotson puts himself in that top 15 to 18 range. And and London for me is in that, you know, closer to 18 to 22 range yeah. for week one. But I love that one. That's a great sit start to kind of get things kicked off. The next one we have sent in from Furman OG. This is a 0.5 PPR. We're looking at Hollywood Brown, Raheem Mostert, or Drake London again. Give me London. <laughs> I'm not starting the wide receiver one to Josh Dobbs, and I'm not starting Raheem Mostert. So give me London again. Yeah, I, I'm. I I do think Raheem Mostert is an absolute value right now. Um, I think you know week one we're going to see how everything breaks down. This is more of a passing offense that I want to be involved with. But I think, you know, they, they go up against the Chargers. I think this could be a high-scoring game. I think Mostert could get a touchdown, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm starting Drake London, especially the .5 PPR makes it a little bit closer. Hollywood Brown, I'm not touching in, in to start right off the bat. You know, we, we, we have the idea that Josh Dobbs is going to start now. I think Hollywood Brown is a buy in Dynasty for the long term. But for right now, this is not something that I'm trying to look at. You know, like I am trying to thoroughly avoid that situation. Um, next one sent in from Quee Beers. I think that's how you pronounce it. Quee Bears. Uh, now that Cooper Cup's out, he has to figure out who do I flex, you know? And this is a spot where he has the choice of four different guys. It's Marvin Mims, Devin A-Chain, Dalton Kincaid, or Nico Collins, you know? And this is an area where this is a tough call because you lost Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was going to be your guy. He also has Zach Charbonnet on the bench, you know, and, and Jerry Judy. So he's been through some things. For me, ah, this is so hard, right? I, I think Dalton Kincaid scores. I think I like Devin A. Chain. I think that that they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. Nico Collins is a bit of a crapshoot for me. I think Dalton Kincaid scores week one. I think we have a situation in Buffalo where – Kincaid is is targeted. I feel he put, brings in four to six catches week one with a touchdown. Oof, yeah, I mean, I, if I could flip a coin and choose, I would. But I think in this scenario, I'm just going to say, okay, none of these guys are going to get volume. Who has the best chance at scoring? And it's probably going to be Kincaid. If it is tight end premium, smash Kincaid for sure. If not, I'm still just going to lean Kincaid in that option. I love it. And we're going to be doing shows regularly, you know, trying to talk about start sits, putting you guys in the best position possible. Again, if you guys check out the Patreon, we got the autographed Alvin Kamara mini helmet for Snoog Timber. Yeah, I switched it from smashing with Snoog. That sounded a little inappropriate, you know, we're, 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 but guys, a lot of great things coming out of Gates. Super excited. Snoog, we're talking about, we know you're super excited for Gibbs. What's that next thing that like week one, you just got to see it. Garrett Wilson absolutely cooked Tredavious White on week one of Monday Night Football primetime. That hard knocks hype got me going. Garrett Wilson's also one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's probably right there, right beyond Kamara at number two. So I'm super excited to see him with his new quarterback and just see him absolutely cook that Bills defense and have it be a high-scoring game. I love it. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.